The Word of God is food for the spirit and health to the body. Through the spirit of revelation, we are guided into the wisdom and deep mysteries in His Word that make our lives vibrant and productive. Welcome to the Makerefu Gospel Church Podcast. As you listen in, the glory of God will be quickened and activated in your life. And now, the Word. This morning, I want to speak about a topic into the deep. Hallelujah. Into the deep. So over the last two months, we have been sharing as in the men's fellowship about launching into the deep. And I remember one of the speakers requested us as men to, to tell, to, to give examples of areas where we want to launch into the deep. And, and, and men mentioned very many things, but they said we want to pray more. We want to read the word of God more. We want to love our wives more intimately. We want to participate in ministry. We want to get married for those who are single. Uh, we want to start businesses. We want to go back to school. There, there are so many areas in our lives that we need to move forward. We need to move forward. We need to launch deeper. Um, and it's amazing. It doesn't have any limit on, on age or to the circumstances you find in your life. You need to move forward. Hallelujah. You need to move forward. So I want to read from the book of Luke, chapter 5. Luke, chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. And saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they, they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a, a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This was the early part of Jesus' ministry. He had just been launched in ministry. Uh, he was very young, probably 30 years. And the Bible says that he was on a beach on the Lake Genezareth and he was preaching to a large crowd. It appears the crowd was, was pressing around him. So he didn't have enough space to, to minister. You, you know, the, the way the space I have between me and you was not available. The people were really pressing on him. And so he saw two empty boats. 
And when he saw those empty boats, he decided that he wanted to use them. So he decided to ask one of the owners, push the boat a bit, a bit away from the land. And then the Bible says he sat in the boat and ministered. Hallelujah. And these boats were, had owners. The owners had moved out of the boats and were washing their nets. They had had a night of fishing, but that night had not been fruitful. So they were washing their nets, kind of repairing them. And, and so he sat and ministered. And after he had finished ministering, he told Simon, who was the owner of the boat he was sitting in, uh, launch out into the deep for a catch of fish. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Peter at this, Simon at this time had not been called as a disciple. He was an ordinary man. He was an ordinary man who was, he was a fisherman. So he had not been called as a disciple as yet. But as I start the insights that I get from this scripture, I want to draw you to a particular perspective. The Bible does not tell us the message that Jesus spoke that day. It doesn't tell us what he told the crowd. The, the Bible many times tells us what Jesus said. For example, on the Sermon on the Mountain, he told us the, the Bible, Jesus told them this way. Well, sometimes they tell us that Jesus, the disciples asked him, um, teach us how to pray, and they tell us what Jesus told them. But in this particular instance, the Bible does not tell us what Jesus taught on that day. The Bible does not tell us what it, how the, the crowd responded, what miracles were done. But the Bible zooms us into this unique encounter between Simon and Jesus. We are able to see a personal interaction. And, I, and, and the writers of the Bible give us a good interaction between Jesus and this man called Simon. And, and we see God, Jesus speaking to Simon giving him instructions, Simon responding, asking questions, Simon taking actions, Jesus responding, and in here is what we want to learn. But I want to tell you that God, or Jesus, is the Lord of personal encounters. Praise the Lord. We need to encounter Jesus personally if we are to launch out successfully. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In the midst of all the entire crowd, the Bible zooms us at this personal encounter with Jesus. And I know the team here has just had an encounter session. But God is calling us to a personal encounter with him. Throughout the Bible, God, the man God has used exceedingly are men that have had a personal encounter with Jesus, with the Lord. I want to, I mean, if you look at Moses, Moses was alone was alone as a shepherd. And the Bible says he saw a burning bush. And after that experience, his life was never the same. Hallelujah. If you look at all, if you look at Saul, Saul was moving. He was moving on a mission to destroy Christians. And the Bible says Jesus encountered him. And he gave him instruction. And he gave him direction. And so if we are to launch forward, and this is, we are so early in this year, if we are to launch out successfully, we need to desire a personal encounter with the Lord. And why is this so important? It is so important because when we encounter almost all the time, when I've, I went back and looked at several people encountering the Lord, having a session, there was a man called Jacob. 
He had just cheated his brother and then he met the Lord. And God gave him particular instruction. When we meet, when God speaks to us at a personal level, he is able to give us our own personal instructions. He told Simon, launch out a little. He sat in his boat. He came and sat in his boat and told him, launch out a little. And the Bible says Simon pushed the boat a little. And probably Simon stayed somewhere and was waiting. After he had finished, he told him, launch out into the deep. And Simon asked a question. like, what is us? I spent the whole night fishing. He said, but at your word, I will do it. And if you look at the progress, he caught the fish. And the God eventually called him. And changed his call from being an ordinary fisherman to a fisher of men. Praise the Lord. When we encounter the Lord, the Savior comes to us. He comes to us. And by the way, the Savior comes to you. Jesus comes to you. You may say, oh, Simon was special. No. Even as I speak now, Jesus is speaking to you. As you listen to another sermon, Jesus is speaking to you. As you spend time in prayer, Jesus is speaking to you. As you read the word, Jesus is speaking to you. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? I keep on asking, what if Simon said, this is my boat, man, you have to pay for it. How can you come and just sit in my boat? I am tired, I am washing my net, you are asking me to, to sit in my boat. What if, he told, what if he refused? Would we speak, be speaking about Simon this, this day? And maybe those are the opportunities we are missing as Christians. God speaks to you and says, minister to that soul. And maybe that is the key to your launch. He says, give, give that money to, to me. He said, no, no, no. I have so many obligations. So the question is, Jesus, the issue is not whether Jesus comes to us. The issue is, are we listening? And are we obedient? Praise the Lord. When we encounter the Lord, he gives us instructions. And we respond. But the most important thing is that when we encounter the Lord, he reveals himself to us and also reveals us to him. Hallelujah. We are able to know ourselves better. The Bible says that when Simon saw the miracle, when he caught fish, he said, depart from me, I am a sinful man. He was able to see himself better. Sometimes when we, we, we are here, I am preaching, you, you, there is a particular image you have of yourself, which is not realistic. And, and you think either you are a weak man, or you are a, a strong man, or you are a fisherman. The Bible says when he saw the miracles, after seeing this encounter, Simon says, first of all, at first he called him master. This time he says, Lord, hallelujah. He saw the Lord in the right perspective. He saw the Lord. He said, this is not an ordinary man. I'm dealing with the Lord. Hallelujah. And then he saw himself better. He says, depart from me. I am a sinful man. So when we encounter the Lord, he instructs us. And as we obey him, he is able to reveal himself to us. And we are able to see him to see ourselves, we are able to, our perspective, our relationship, we are able to see ourselves in the right perspective. So the Holy Spirit interacts with us on a daily basis and he gives us instructions. 
And our desire should be that every interaction we have with the Lord, we use it purposefully. When, when we, we hear a sermon, when we hear a message, we pick it, we follow the instructions. Because God actually leads us in a progressive manner. So as we obey, he keeps on revealing himself. As we obey, he keeps on revealing himself. And that's what he did in this case for Simon. So may we desire to encounter him. And as we encounter him, may we be obedient to his instructions. Hallelujah. At a personal level, at a personal level, and I told you, in this particular case, we are seeing a discussion with a man, Simon, and the Savior, Jesus. And that is what God is calling you to. At a personal level, what is God telling you to do? And how are you responding? But what it says, when we, when we obey, he blesses us. He opens barriers. He removes barricades out of our way. And he promotes us. He gives us a new mandate. Hallelujah. When Simon started speaking with Jesus, he didn't know he was going to be a disciple. But his steps of obedience led him progressively. And God kept on opening up for him. And he was eventually, the Bible says, God told him, you shall no longer be a fisher of men, but you will be a fisher of fish, but you will be a fisher of men. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The second aspect I see is the mystery of empty boats. Hallelujah. In verse 2 to 3, it says, Jesus saw two boats. The other version says, he saw two empty boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land and sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. I was thinking last night as I was preparing that the world has little regard for empty boats and their owners. The world does not like empty boats. People do not like broke people. If you are a broke person, you are not attractive. At least to the ladies. People don't like unemployed people. People do not desire uh, uh, people who have failed. Failure is not attractive. You can't say, you know, if you are in an interview and say, I was working in that company and, you know, the company collapsed. And then after there, I joined another company and also that company collapsed. Now I'm here to offer you services. They will not give you that job. People want successful people. They want boats which are full of fish. People want boats which are full of fish. The world has no regard for empty boats. Even churches that are not productive, people don't want them. Even businesses that are failing. The world does not like empty boats and their owners. But Jesus has the record of using empty boats and their owners. And I'm not telling you to empty your boats. There are people, I mean, Jesus, the Bible is, is amazing. It uses people, God uses people who are, who are full, but God also uses people who are empty. So the Bible says that Jesus came and he saw two empty boats. And these boats were empty. Let me tell you, these fishermen had spent the whole night fishing. And they had caught nothing. They had caught nothing. So they, they left the boats. The boats were not useful at that point. And they started washing their nets. So the nets were empty. 
the boats were empty and the fishermen were also empty. In fact, normally empty boats reflect empty owners. When, when, when somebody is sick and their body is weak, the body is the boat, but also it means that there is a way the sickness also infects the person. I hope by now you know that there's a difference between the body and the soul and the spirit. You, this one is my, my body. This, this body is my container, but I am different. But there is a way a sickness can infect the person. There is a way a poverty can also infect a what? A person. When somebody has been poor for a long time, the poverty stops from, even if you give them money, you may give them a million dollars, but they still behave poor. They will still behave poor. It takes Jesus to actually disentangle that. Empty pots normally reflect empty owners. And the real emptiness is not the absence of fish. It is the absence of Jesus. And you will notice from this story, eventually when the boat was filled with fish, Peter abandoned it. He says, uh -huh, I don't need fish. I need Jesus. The scripture says they got the fish. They abandoned the fish. And I said they followed Jesus. Because the real emptiness is not the absence of fish. It is the absence of Jesus. And so if you are here this morning and your life is empty, it's not, the, it's not the absence of the husband. It's not the absence of the wife. It's not the absence of money. You need Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I don't know. In this case, there were empty boats. And for me, I am amazed. I, I would think that these boats were not... And this is the first time we see a preacher preaching from boats. I don't think Pastor Fred has ever preached from a boat. But this tells me that Jesus, God, will use your empty boat. And you know, I don't know, maybe last year was bad. Maybe things have not worked well for you. And you find yourself with an empty boat. You have an education which is not generating for you jobs. You have a beautiful body. You have a beautiful, you, you are at a stage where you are supposed to be married and there's no husband coming or no wife coming. Or you are educated, you have a, a degree or you have a master's. Your boat is that degree, but you are empty. And, and, and maybe you have a job, but the job is not satisfying your needs. The job, you, that job is empty. Or you have a business and the business is not working. I'm here to remind you that God has a record of using empty boats. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so Jesus told Simon, he came, by the way, Jesus did not request for the boat. The Bible says he came and sat in the what? In the boat and asked the owner to push it out a little. So will you give your boat, that empty boat to Jesus? The challenge we normally have is when we have empty boats, we find that we think that we don't, they don't qualify to be used by Jesus. So you are unemployed and you say, I am who is an unemployed man? What can I do in the kingdom of God? 
Give that empty boat to Jesus. Give that business to Jesus that is struggling. Give your life to Jesus. So the Bible says he came and sat in the empty boat. And what did he do? He sat down and he taught the multitudes from that boat. The boat which was empty was transformed into a pulpit for the kingdom of God. And that's what God uses. He uses uneducated men, people without education, to run big ministries. Look around this city. There are people who are not, who never went to school. And God, and they just gave their life. They said, I am uneducated. I will go and preach the gospel. And God has used them mightily to reach out to multitudes of people. So Jesus sits in this boat. And the Bible says he preaches. He preaches to the multitudes. So, do you find yourself with an empty boat? If you have an empty boat, Jesus has multitudes. And he's able to connect the boat to the oversupply. Did you see that? Jesus was dealing with plenty. He, he was being, people were around him, pushing him around. But Peter was dealing with emptiness. He had an empty boat. So can emptiness and plenty converge? Yes. If Jesus is in the middle. So Jesus brings the multitudes, the fullness he had. And by the way, that equation is always, always the equation is like that. Jesus doesn't have any lack. God does not have any lack. But we as human beings have lacked. And if we, if we give our emptiness to God, he's able to, to fill our boats. He's able to make sure that they are filled and they are used for the purpose of God. So Jesus used these empty boats. And, and this is not the first time Jesus uses empty boats. There was, there was a woman called Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite. She had lost her husband. She was a widow. And she started to serve. She served her mother. She, she was available. And the rest is history. Ruth is a grandmother to Jesus. Moses was frustrated. Moses had been in Egypt, raised as a prince, but all of a sudden things changed and he finds himself in a desert serving his father-in-law, a shepherd, a shepherd. The Bible says God came to him. He came to the empty boat and he says, my people are crying that side. I want to use you. And, and you should look at that discussion between Moses. He said, I, I, I am a stammerer. I, will not, I cannot do it. But God uses, has a record of using empty boats. So if you have an empty boat this morning, I want you to bring it to Jesus. And you have a, if you have an empty life, if your life does not have Jesus, I want to ask you to give your life to Jesus. If you are listening to me online and you find that your life is empty, you are washing your net, your boat is empty. That emptiness is not about money. It's not about people. It's about you not having Jesus. If you bring Jesus, he will bring his plenty into your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three. The call to launch out. The call to launch out. So verse three says that. Then he got into the boat, which was Simon's. And asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, 
Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Praise the Lord. Some of you don't know, but I am a swimmer. My wife is laughing loudly. Eh? And you know, sometimes when I speak to men and ask them, why don't you get married? They said, but where can we find good wives like your wife? So I am a swimmer. Let me go back to the sermon. And uh, when I go to the swimming pool, there are three types of swimmers. The first swimmer is my category. We come in our clothes with our children and they go into the swimming pool. He said, Hannah, flip your legs. Hmm? Flip, flip, move in the water. We, we don't move into the water. We don't want the water to splash us. We stand on the, on the boundary and say, move, move, go inside. That is the first category of swimmers. The second category of swimmers are normally ladies. They put on the nice swimsuits, designer swimsuits. They come with makeup, with their hair, and they come with a phone. They go to the swimming pool with a phone. So they go to the shallow end, and then they walk a bit, and then they take pictures. I think for, I think for WhatsApp status, then they turn their hair around. They, they, just in the, they are in the shallow end. They move around in the shallow end. They sit. They, they, they keep. That is the second category of swimmers. And then the third category of swimmers are normally children. They come, they enter into the water, then they move to the deep end, and then they come. That third category is what makes champions. And so in this scripture here, there are two types of launches that I see. The first launch, the Bible says Jesus went out and sat in the boat and asked Peter to push out a little. Praise the Lord. That in itself is a move. The boats were on the shoreline. And so Jesus told Peter, Simon, please move the boat a little, a little from the, from the, from the shoreline into the water. So that he was able to get some space between him and the multitudes. Praise the Lord. God is God who leads us in phases. He doesn't normally move us to the deep end in one go. But sometimes we love to stay on the shoreline, like myself, the swimmer in me. The shoreline is comfortable. It's a comfortable place. When you're on the shoreline, you don't drown. You, 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 you don't get wet. And there are many people who stay on the shoreline. There are many people who stay on the shoreline. They, they like to be in a comfortable place. They don't want to take any risks. But God is telling you, launch out a little. You have been on the shoreline for a long time. Take that first step. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Every move that you move to, every move you make to move forward is significant. Is significant. Every step forward is significant. Sometimes I find young people who have you have an education said, have you applied somewhere? Do you have a CV? Hallelujah. Some people will say, I have never preached to anybody. Me, I can't preach. I'm not going to preach. But have you ever said to somebody, Jesus loves you? You meet somebody and say, my name is Eric Setuba. Jesus loves you. Have you read your Bible? Some people say, the Bible is complicated. I don't read my Bible. Me, I come to Sunday. 
God is telling you, can you read at least two verses? We're not asking you to read the entire Bible. We're asking you to launch out a little. If you have not been praying this year, we're asking, don't pray for 30 minutes. You pray for five minutes. Pray for five minutes. Praise the Lord. There is nothing small when surrendered to God. God respects small beginnings. I tell gentlemen who wants to build houses, you will not build the house in a go. But save your first 10,000 shillings and say, this is now my land. I have saved the first 10,000 towards my land. You have started building. Praise the Lord. Many of us want to begin grand, big churches, big businesses. But I want to tell you that Makere Full Gospel, the Full Gospel churches started in a tent. In a tent. And now we have about 800 churches spread over the country. God is asking you to launch out a little. He launched out a little. And the Bible says he sat in the boat and he was able to do productive work. He preached the gospel with that small move. Maybe if you are not a giver, God is telling you, give 10,000 shillings. Start giving. Give that little that you have. He's sort of saying, ah, I don't give. Me, I don't have money to give. No, 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 no. That money is for rich people like Amgisha. Give what you have. Launch out a little. As we do this, we learn. As we do this, we mature. We get a platform to do greater things. But if we don't, if we stay on the shoreline, we will not move forward. It is comfortable. Yes, being at your, your father's home is fine. Or being unemployed, yes. But you will never do great things. You will never, I can tell you. If you are educated and you are there moving, you are not applying because your father has money, you are on the shoreline, that's where you will stop. You will never become a manager. If you want to be a preacher of the word and you can never say even to your, your siblings, even write on WhatsApp, even a simple WhatsApp of scripture, even on your status putting there, for God so loved the world, you don't want. Or send a message to your group and say, or put on your Facebook page, launch out a little, and God will use that little to grow big. If you have been on the shoreline for a long time, I'm here to tell you that you need to launch out a little. Praise the Lord. That includes young men who want to get married but will not approach any lady. If you want to get married, please say hello to them, somebody. Even if they look the other side, you say hello. Begin reading the Bible. Begin praying. Join a cell. Give your tithe. Join a ministry. Minister to us. So begin saving. Make that call. Write that CV. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The second launch happens after, and this is amazing. The Bible says he sat in Peter's, Simon's boat, that empty boat. So Simon obeyed that instruction. I can imagine, I mean, you know, the, you know how proud, you know how proud we are. You can imagine I come to your car and I say, 
Master Fred says, can I, Eric, I need your car for next week. Please send it to me. Eh, say, Pastor, I'm also working. I, go to work. I will have to go to work. But you know, Peter, Simon, the Bible shows that Simon quit, kept quiet. And then this, this preacher says, push it out a little. And then he pushed. Do you see that obedience? And then the Bible says something very amazing. It says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And for me, I see a progression. God had finished using the boat, and, and then he says, let's move to another level. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's, Jesus instructs Simon to go beyond the surface. And for some of us, maybe we have been doing something. Maybe we have been praying. Maybe we have been dating. Maybe we have been reading a few verses a day. Maybe we have been ministering once a month. God is telling us, launch out into the deep. Hallelujah. He's telling us to move deeper. Praise the Lord. There is a progression from the first instruction. And the deep is, the deep, the deep is far away. And why the deep? Let me just, I was thinking about this. Why the deep? The deep is where the fish is. Hallelujah. I am a business person and I can tell you, the more your business gets better, the more money you get. There is there's somebody who told us when we were starting Reapers many years ago. He told us money makes money. Did you know that? He says money makes what? Money gives birth to what? So he told us, if you invest 10,000 shillings, even if your return is 50%, you will get 15,000 shillings. But if you have 100 million shillings, even if your return is 20%, you will get 120 million shillings. Because the more money that you invest, isn't that what the Bible says? You reap what you sow? Yes. If you plant uh, two, two seeds of uh, maize, you will get a few. But if you plant a hundred seeds, you get more. That's how it works. So the deep is where fish is. Hallelujah. And you know, fish is a, an illustration of, um, the Bible uses fish in, in, to talk about souls, souls of men. Souls of men. It means that even as we as Christians, even as we go deeper in the Lord, God will use us in a mightier way to reach more people. Because the deep is where the fish is. When God empowers you, when his presence in your life is, is stronger, when the word is richer in you, you are able to do mightier things in the kingdom of God. You are able to reach more people. You are able to give more. I have seen people who give charges. They say, ah, we will, we will pay for the entire church. We, and they are Ugandans. They say, ah, don't fundraise. We will build that church. The deep is where the fish is. You, if you stay on the shoreline, you will, not, you will catch a few mukene. But the narrow patch will not be there. It will not be there. Praise the Lord. The deep is the place of his presence. You know, I am so surprised. As I was reading this, I said, when Jesus 
when Jesus had finished speaking, did he move out of the boat? What do you think? Did he move out of the boat? When, when, after speaking, did he move out? He didn't. The Bible doesn't say. He stayed in the boat. He went with them to the deep. Isn't that wonderful? That God goes with us to the deep. He stayed in that boat. The Bible doesn't say he moved out. No. He stayed with them. It is a place of his presence. Because, because the deep is risky. God is entrusting you with much more. It, you, even even if, you, if you fall at the deep, you will sink. The deep is deep. And so it requires dependence on God. It requires us to be dependent on God. His presence has to be with us. Hallelujah. And that's why he tells us, go to the deep. And he's not just sending us, he's going with us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The deep is a place of separation. Don't expect to go to the deep with everybody. In fact, the Bible tells us there were two boats. But when they went to the deep, one boat remained behind. The shoreline is full of many people. When you go to Lake Victoria, you will find a few fishermen on the, on the deep. Most people are waiting on the shoreline for the fish. The shoreline is a place of plenty of many people. Many people stay on the shoreline. There's a man who said that there is no traffic jam on the extra mile. It's a man who said that. It's not in the Bible. But he says, if you go the extra mile, you won't find traffic jam. When you, when you move out of Kampala and you're going to Mbarara, the moment you live a few kilometers, the traffic jam ceases. Because very few people want to go to the deep. Many of us want to stay on the shoreline. But it's a place of separation. If you want to be separate, if you want to be different, Moses was separated. Daniel was separated. Paul had to be separated. The Bible tells us God met him with many people. But eventually we begin, we don't know what happened to the others who are following Paul. We hear about Paul. Hallelujah. It is a place of separation. You need to know I'm not going to be like any other. I'm going to be a, a separate, me as a married woman, I'm going to be, follow Jesus, I'm going to follow this. I'm, I'm not going to follow what other people are saying. As a man who is a husband, I'm going to be separate. It's a place of separation. And lastly, the deep is a place of the supernatural. Praise the Lord. You know, I think about this. I said, do you know what happened? Fish, it's amazing. Fishing is normally done at night. And for several reasons. Because the night is cooler. So the fish come out to the surface at night to eat. Because, but when it, the sun comes out, it gets hot. And then they go down where it is cooler. And so, but also at night, I, I, because of their nature, they, they, they know that the predators cannot eat them. So they are able to come because they are not visible. So many fishermen... Most of the fishermen go to fish at night. But Jesus tells Simon, go out into the deep and you'll get a catch. And indeed, they went out, they laid down their net, and the Bible says they caught fish. They caught so much fish that their net started breaking. They called other people to come 
and they filled their boats, and the boat started sinking. Hallelujah. The deep is the place of the supernatural. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you what is so supernatural about this. God is able at the deep to give us fruits out of season. He is able to give us fish during the day, which is supposed to be during the night. And for some of us, seasons have passed us by. Maybe you were supposed to be married when you were 20. But God is telling you, go to the deep. Because God is able to give what you are supposed to get when you are 20, he can give it to you when you are 50. Hallelujah. What you failed to get when you went to Dubai to work, God can give you the same thing when you are in Uganda. It is the place of the supernatural. These men caught fish at the wrong time of the day. At the wrong time of the day. Why? Jesus. Jesus. They had the same boats. They had the same nets. They had the same waters. And the same skills. Same people. Same man, Simon the fisherman. The same boat he was using. The same net on the same waters. What is the difference? Jesus. The deep is the place of the supernatural. And that's why we are telling you, launch out into the deep. Don't stay on the shoreline. Launch into the deep. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The deep is a place of revelation. Like I told you before, Simon saw himself in a different light. He didn't know that he was an evangelist. He was a disciple. But when he went to the deep and saw the miracles that Jesus did, let me tell you, when you go and God uses you mightily, you will discover yourself. But above all, Father, you will discover the master that you serve. You will see Jesus in a different light. Including the things of this world, when God places so much money in your hands. There's a, young, there's a man who was, I was speaking to a friend of mine. He is 55 years. And you know, he was very frustrated. He had been looking for a job for a long time. He's a caterer. And he was, he, you know, 50, at 55, you are thinking about retirement. And he had children. He had debts. So he told me, Eric, I want to go to America. I want to go to America if I can get a young lady there who can marry me. So that I can get a visa. Can you imagine? Frustrated. And I told him, let's pray about this. And we prayed. And no, the other day he called me and told me, I am in Bulisa. I got a job as a caterer in one of, for the oil, one of the oil companies. And I am paid very well. Hallelujah. And I was amazed. These people took on him. He had experience as a caterer. They took him on him. He's, he's serving people, international people. He's learning oil business and standards. He's being paid very well. They are taking care of his everything, medical and other things. Thank Jesus, you are awesome. God can give you fruits out of season. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when we are at the deep, God is able to reveal himself to us. But, uh, but most importantly, he's able to reveal us. He's able to reveal us to ourselves. When... when, when when Isaiah saw the Lord, he says, So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. 
because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah saw himself in a different light. The same thing Simon did. Simon saw himself in a different light. He said, when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man. His sins became clear to him. His weaknesses became so clear to him. He knew that the master was high up there and he was so low this sign. And that position is very important in our lives. Praise the Lord. So for some of us, maybe we have been at the shallow end. We have moved out a little, but God is calling us to a deeper level. He's calling us to a deeper level. He's calling us to preach more. He's calling us to read the word more, to, to pray more, to spend more time in his presence. He's calling you to take your business to another level. He's taking you, calling you to take your marriage to another level. Like the men were saying, they want to love their wives intimately. Maybe you have been a casual husband. And God is telling you, no, love your children better. I want you to love more. Work harder if you have been at work. You know, I, I am an employer and sometimes I'm amazed at how Christians work. Sometimes the level of mediocrity, the level of, um, of, of abandonment that our, we Christians put to our work. And you just say, well, how can I make this person a leader? They, they, are just, they, they are so casual about their work. They come late. They, they don't do the right things. But God is calling you to a deeper level. Move to the deep. Launch out to the deep. Praise the Lord. I need to finish. But before I finish, I need to just make one more mention. The, first, the, the last thing I want to talk about is the response of Simon. Simon says in verse 5, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. What a wonderful scripture. When Simon responds to Jesus, he expresses two emotions. The first emotion is exhaustion. He said, we have toiled the entire night. And some of us, we are in that position. You have loved this man. You have given your best life to this man, but he's not changing. You have prayed, but things are not working. You have seen doctors. You have prayed for that healing, and it's not coming. So Simon expresses this emotion and says, I, Lord, I have, I have toiled. I have worked so hard, but things are not working. Secondly is the frustration. There is nothing to show for the hard work. Maybe you have been working for 20 years and the money, you are not changing. But then Simon has another bit which is um, interesting. He says, nevertheless. Please repeat after me, nevertheless. Nevertheless. He says, when somebody says that, when you use nevertheless, it means you reverse what you have just said. So, for example, you may say, you know, you have, if I come to you, for example, to, to, to borrow money or, or to, to give me some money, I say, you know, Ruth, give me some money. And then you say, you know, Eric, I, I have had a bad day. You know, the money is not coming. Nevertheless, then I know ah, my things are okay now. Hmm? I know she's going to give me some money. So Simon gave these two emotions. He said, that, Lord, I am tired. We are tired. The last night we worked and maybe they had said it has been a series of nights they were working so hard and getting nothing. But he says, nevertheless. And he says again, 
at your word. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, at your word, I will lay down my nets. And I want to encourage somebody this morning. And I know maybe things have been hard for you. You have struggled in a particular area and things are not moving. I want you to say that word, nevertheless. At your word, I will try again. At your word, Jesus, I will believe again. Those who launch into the deep don't give up. They don't give up. They despise their circumstances. They despise their history and choose to move forward. Because God has told them to move forward. So what is God telling you? What is the word of God telling you about your health? The word of God tells you by his stripes you were healed. Hold on to that word. You say, nevertheless, I still feel the symptoms, but I believe you, Lord. The Bible says, he who finds the wife finds a good thing. This marriage is hard. Nevertheless, I will move forward. I will launch into the deep. The job is difficult. The business, the economy is not working. The potholes are many. Nevertheless, I'll continue moving forward. I will launch into the deep. Praise the Lord. And when we do that, the Bible says they harvested a great harvest. But above that, God promoted them. He put their eyes off the fish and gave them an even higher call of fishing for men. God will do the same thing for you. So this morning as I close, I want to speak to somebody this morning. If you're here and you have, and your boat is empty and Jesus is not in your boat, I want to request you to invite Jesus in your boat. This sermon is not about fish in a boat. It's about Jesus in that boat. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been strengthened with his might and fortified by the word of God. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Full Gospel Map. Goodbye.